I'm here. I'm back with another recap. LOL. Hope you enjoyed that little rhyme moment. Um, hate to say that this journey, this Love is Blind recap journey that we're on, um, we're still on it. Uh, not yet over. Just two more episodes, though. So bear with me. Bear with me. We're getting through it. I'll be back to normal episodes, hopefully. This is a lot of work. I never realized how much work it is to have a podcast, obviously, until I had a podcast. And I should have assumed that, and I just didn't. So I'm really sorry to disappoint because I hate to disappoint, but I am here and I am prepared to give. (laughs) So we left off with episode seven, meaning we're going to review now episode eight. In case you forgot, where we left off is Shane was meeting Natalie's parents. (laughs) Now, I was pretty shocked at the 180 that Natalie's mom made when meeting Shane. She was acting a lot nicer, a lot more composed than I would have expected her to be. And it's probably a facade. Like, obviously, that's not the way she actually feels because two minutes prior, we saw her completely horrified and astounded about Natalie's (laughs) rash decision. And Don, the dad... I sh- I'm just going to put it out here. He should be the host next season. He should replace the Lachey's. Not only does he have better style than Nick and Vanessa combined, he's also like a phenomenal human being, the best, most sweetest dad. And I mean, I wouldn't know what that is, but if I were to imagine a perfect dad, it would be Natalie's dad. And I just love him. I love Don. Don for host next season. Don for president. Don for overlord of the world. I don't care. I love that man. We stand Don. Um, coming from Shane, he's acting really sweet. Um, understandably very nervous around her, which especially around her mom. Um, and it's really funny because he says that his favorite big thing that he loves about Natalie is the reassurance that she's giving him. And it's interesting because that seems to be what their fights are always surrounding, or rather like his qualms with her are surrounding, is how she's not very reassuring and how her jokes go a little bit too far and yada, yada, yada. Um, so I thought that that was ironic. He's also wearing ripped jeans. Like, his ogre knees are full-on popping out of his pants. And I have to say, I would probably, as a man, not choose to wear ripped jeans when meeting my fiancé's parents. And I, as a woman, wouldn't be showing full cleavage when meeting my fiancé's parents. So, there's just certain taboos, maybe. And I feel like Shane's just going against them all. Going against them all. He also mistakenly said, I have my heart on my shoulder. (laughs) Which, I mean, I'm not surprised. He obviously means heart. He wears his heart on his sleeve. But I blame the coke. I blame the cocaine. I'm sure he had a lot going on at the time. Meanwhile, all this is happening and our King Don, he's so receptive to this entire experiment. He's open, he's understanding, and ultimately their father-daughter dynamic is everything we didn't know we needed, but we really did. And I love them. 
I love him mostly. It's, uh, I love it. Also apologize for the deep breaths and the raspy voice. I think I'm sick. I'm not quite sure. I think I've just lost my voice or whatever because my only symptom is that my throat is completely raw. So apologies in advance. <laughs> my bad. Then we skedaddle on over to Mal and Sal's shared apartment. Um, Mal seems to have slept in the other room. So the only thing that I can gather from this is just big yikes. Like nothing really good comes out of your significant other sleeping in another room. Um, and the, I guess the whole thing was over like his ex or someone he talked to showed up to his sister's apartment and all I have to say about that is what the fuck I still don't even know like how to respond or how to give a proper reaction to it because like they did not explain it well at all um and it just really threw everyone for a loop I think and we were all just confused um we hear some behind the scenes like past the fourth wall info about being the year or like the show was put on hold for a year but the before like it starts or like filming comes out a year after the show films and so they say like people shouldn't put their lives on hold and basically Sal is explaining that he didn't and he met someone and it was like a huge thing um I'm just confused, like, is there someone in his life? Like, what are we not hearing? We just did not get the full story. And it was a very dissatisfying conversation to that extent. But I did appreciate that his way of assuring Mal is essentially what every girl wants. He handled it in such a healthy way. And she made it clear she has boundaries, as she should, because that's important. And I'm assuming something's probably happened to her before, but, like, you know, something's happened to all of us, each and every one of us, so, like, I think we can all relate to that. But it was just weird. That scene was weird, and I didn't know how to react to it. And then we move on entirely from that weird situation, and we go to, we pan over to Deeps and Shake, getting shakes. Just kidding. They were just getting drinks. Um, and I completely forgot that they haven't had sex yet. I totally forgot about it, and I forgot that it's because he's not, like, animistically or physically attracted to her, whatever the weird bullshit that he said. Totally forgot about it, nonetheless. Um, I... It's probably for the best, though, because if I were her, I'd be like, no. Um, but he should at least try to attempt to grow that physical connection because clearly the emotional is overshadowing everything else that's kind of necessary to have in a healthy relationship. And they have a good thing emotionally, but it should be able to grow physically because of that. Like, a lot of people, and even from my experience, like, even if I don't find them physically attractive, the more I talk with them, the more I hang out with them, usually they grow physically on me. Um, so, I'm just confused as to why that hasn't happened to him yet, and I think he's just a walking, talking hindrance to his own benefit. He... It's And I've mentioned it before, and I'll say it again. He always seems to have a ton of emotional growth, but then completely backtracks, like, five steps back. So, 
he's like mature and immature and like all of these things at the same time and it's just very exhausting to have to keep up with and then we go back to some actually wholesome content ayana and Jarrett go to meet her adoptive parents and he is quite literally in the hot seat like from the get-go the looks are essentially daggers. Um, I've never seen more stoic and serious faces. There was quite literally like no change in expression for either of them. And I guess besides Nick's mom, like that's really the only kind of weird reception that we've seen so far. Ultimately, it seemed like a lot and it seemed overwhelming and they seem a, they seem protective but overly protective. Like they're not you know, giving her the benefit of the doubt in this situation. And I feel like they're not really seeing Jarrett for like all that he's bringing to the table, which is frustrating because I think he can bring a lot, but that was really all I gathered from like that. It was, it was the most wholesome content so far though, besides our King Don. We sort of continue with more wholesome content, depending on how you see it. Uh, (laughs) Natalie meets Shane's mom, who he has discussed, I feel like, in length. Um, you know, they have a very close relationship. Um, the mom seems very nice. She looks and sounds like a true Wonskonian. Sko cheeseheads, sko packers. Um, again, she really looks into it, interested in it. She seems like she likes Natalie. And... Shane does, like, a complete 180 with his mom. He's such a sweetheart with her, as most boys tend to be with their moms, and very different with, like, his girlfriend, but regardless, Natalie's just, she's happy to see him happy. She's happy she fi- they finally got to see one another. Um, she's happy with it. She's happy about it, so that's good. Um, I really don't think this could have gone any better, but I also think that Natalie would win any mom over because she's so sweet and perfect and clean and everything. Um, but I really think that when Shane called her Montezuma Revenge Lady, that that was the most iconic nickname of all time and needs to be on a plaque somewhere. I've also been forgetting that we are extremely close to the weddings. Um, they, this episode, we even had started bridal shopping uh, first and foremost, Vanessa Lachey, you are so much prettier than what your stylist lets you wear. So much prettier than that. So much better than that. Um, Shane and Natalie's mom's meeting was so heartwarming that Natalie invited both the moms to her dress fitting and... Natalie's mom is seeming so much more receptive, and she's trying to come around, especially after they're meeting with one another, and Shane's mom is there as well, and they've talked about things with her too. Um, I'm just glad that she came around. Natalie earned so many brownie points by inviting them both. Um, really delineates the causes for strife between families before marriage, and eventually, Deep D was just feeling like Shake is not reciprocating or feeling passion, which, thank the fucking gods, we've been waiting for you to notice this for how long, bitch? So, yeah, we'll see where that goes. And then the men are going, they're going tuck shopping. Um, 
the random woman in there, I don't know if anyone saw it or if it was just me, that was definitely a weird mark that I don't prefer to talk about. Anyways, I was just confused about her presence, and the only other note I made was that Jared Jarrett looks like a stunner, because he is. That man is fine, and I think they're all going to look good on their wedding day. I thought some of the friends they brought were a little bit weird, but that's to be expected, you know, with this group of fellows. Um, other than that, this is even shorter than last week's episode, but... Those are all the notes I had. Those were the really big takeaways that I had from this episode. Um, Feel free to let me know if you feel the same way or if you don't. Or if you don't even care. That's fine, too. Either way, um, yeah, a little short and sweet episode to keep you on your feet for the recaps. And we'll be back next week with an episode 9 recap. So we're nearing closer to the end game. I promise. Anyways, I will talk to you guys soon. And have a great rest of your Friday. And again, it's Ginger Spice and everything nice. Goodbye.